You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. It is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth on a Wednesday morning. A lot of NFL today. We'll get to some lightning bets, but we can't ignore college football. A big weekend coming up. And joining us right now on the Roman guest line and with us here on Twitch is Pam Maldonado of Yahoo!, to join us talking some, I mean, a lot of big games this weekend. But, Pam, let's just start here. I know you have a play on it already and a thought on it. Cincinnati at Notre Dame. It's the, one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game of the weekend. Welcome to the show. And what are you thinking here? Cincinnati, Notre Dame. What's your thought? Uh, thanks for having me, guys. I'm looking to Notre Dame side here. I'm taking them on the money line. I know that there's some quarterback concern here with Jack Cohn because he did leave the last game from injury. He was a full go for practice yesterday, so that's some good news. Now is he going to actually play? I'm not too sure about that. But I'm not taking Notre Dame because of their quarterback situation. I'm taking them because of their defense. Marcus Freeman, who is the defensive coordinator for Cincinnati, well, he's now the defensive coordinator for Notre Dame, and there's definitely a shift. You can see it. Cincinnati last year, I loved, loved, loved taking them as underdogs and taking them to cover spreads because they were the 10th best pass rush in the country, and they absolutely wrecked havoc on quarterbacks. Well, with they had 30 sacks last season. Through three games, they only they are 99th in quarterback pressure so far with only four total sacks. And this Cincinnati defense is ranked 17th against the pass. But if you look at the teams they faced, they played 99th ranked passing team in Miami, Ohio, and a 53rd ranked in passing offense in Indiana. So I'm not too convinced that this Cincinnati defense is quite the same than what we saw then last year. But they're about to get tested here, and I think Notre Dame, they're just the better passing pass rush. They're the better defense. They're catching them at home. They're coming off another situation where takeovers has really been key for this defense. Notre Dame is fifth in takeaways and Cincinnati last year they had trouble with giveaways that came into fruition when they played against UCF. Well they're 124th in giveaways now playing against lesser opponents they have three interceptions, four fumbles and there's only 130 teams so they're not doing too well in that in that category. I like Notre Dame to have this is going to be a defensive game and if it is then I like Notre Dame here to get the win. Notre Dame as an underdog in back-to-back weeks. In this situation, a home underdog, which is uh, quite rare in South Bend when Notre Dame's undefeated for them to be an underdog. But uh, the college football playoff implications here loom large because if Cincinnati, the short favorite, and I agree with you on Notre Dame, but if we're wrong and the Bearcats pull off the victory here, I almost said upset, which it can be even though they're playing against Notre Dame, it would not be an upset since they are favored. But if Cincinnati wins this game, they should run the table looking at their remaining schedule. And we're also at a time when you see Clemson 
lose again. You see some mm -hmm. other top teams that have gone down. Do you think it could finally happen? I know we have this conversation every year, but since the, the halves that we always talk about have lost multiple games, like Clemson, they're getting knocked out. Oklahoma, they keep winning, but not in impressive fashion. They're just getting by with their games. Uh, I'm sure people are taking notice there, but if Cincinnati wins this game and they run the table, do you think they're in? Um, I'm still going to lean to the side of no because the schedule this year is still just not as impressive as their defeats that they had, as their wins that they had last year. The teams that they faced last year, high potent offenses, and they held every single one to minimal yardage and minimal scores. This year, they just don't have the same type of competition. You're playing against Notre Dame, who potentially could be without their quarterback. Temple, well, they're a stinker. Uh, UCF has been, yeah, they're still putting up points, but they're, they don't have the same offensive weapons that they did have last year and then you have navy tulane tulsa usf smu would be a good win for them but i just still don't think that the level of competition here is going to be enough to squeak them in um i think last year was their best chance and it was unfortunate that they didn't get it and if it wasn't last year then it's probably never pam let's jump to an sec game i'm looking forward to Ole miss alabama matt corral has chance to really really get on the national stage if he puts up a fight or somehow upsets Alabama. It's a 14 and a half point number. Which side are you on in this one? Alabama 14 and a half favored over Ole Miss. This comes with a caveat that I have, I'm like 0 and 5 in predicting <laughs> double digit underdogs. I'm great with like seven points or less double uh, underdogs, but double digits I have not yet figured out. I am on Ole Miss though, plus 14 and a half. And I think definitely putting plus 500 on the money line is worth a grab because there's one observation that I have made and it was um, looking at the stats and looking how the comparisons. Last year, I had Ole Miss as an underdog. I had that game going over. This total now is at 77. It's uh, the highest that we've seen in college so far through this season. But there's a huge difference from last year to this year with Ole Miss and with Lane Kiffin. Last year, Ole Miss was definitely pass heavy. We're seeing that again this year. But they were more passive than they are this year. They've switched over to being a little bit more run dominant. And they're sixth in total in rushing yards. I think that's going to come into play here. Tell me that that is not by design. You've got into a pissing passing contest with Alabama last year. And that didn't work out for you. Lane Kiffin has shifted this offense into be more run heavy compared to just the past. You have a mobile quarterback now in Matt Corral. Last year, he had four total rushing scores in the entire season. He has five through three games. I know that Lane Kiffin is cooking up some playbook, and then he just saw against Florida how Alabama did against the run. I think if this goes to be a run-heavy game from, from Matt Corral and from this Ole Miss offense, then this is going to be a good chance for them to actually get a win instead of going neck-to-neck -neck through the air. Uh, Pamela, I tailed you last week with your call on Baylor against Iowa State. Good job there. And I've noticed the, the theme this year. You've done very well, like you mentioned, with the single-digit underdogs, just not getting too far with those double-digit lines there. Uh, help us out with your process. What are some things uh, you're looking for? Like in that Baylor situation, I believe they were touchdown dogs. Uh, what did you see with their game at home against uh, Iowa State? Got a little sweaty at, at some points. But um, – uh, maybe you could help the people with, with their handicapping in the future with some college football dogs. 
One of the arguments last week was that Baylor hadn't really played anybody, but this was a conference game. This was a, a rival, and so you're going to have a lot of history on these two teams. Granted, it is different players. More often than not, it's going to be different coaching situations, but still the history is there, and the competition just definitely jumps up in the skill level. Uh, the players want to show up when it is playing against a, a conference rival, so that's always going to factor in if it's a conference or in conference um, or out of conference. And I always look at strength versus weakness, and Iowa State, they were the... For example, using as Iowa State, they were the team that were that was being looked at in the Big 12. Have they done anything impressive prior to last week's matchup? They hadn't. They barely snuck out a win in week one against an FCS school. And then they had a bad, not a bad beat, but I mean, they did. They looked pretty poorly against Iowa, which was also the underdog that I predicted would come out with the outright win. But you also you have to look at the how they're doing in week to week and they're not impressing. And earlier you mentioned Oklahoma. Are they winning anything by more than seven points? No. Mm -mm. So I'm looking to Kansas State this year, uh, this week, as another potential underdog because they're playing at home. They play really great at home. That defense is stout. They're really great in takeaways. And Oklahoma hasn't shown to me that you can cover a any type of spread and now you're a double-digit spread on the road. You have to look at situations like that, strength versus weakness, how a team is coming into this matchup, and if it's a conference or out-of-conference play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Any other yeah. underdogs uh, this week, single digits that you think could win? I have a few and it scares me. <laughs> There's a lot okay. that I like on the board this week. And so I'm... Um, I haven't finalized anything. I usually don't until Friday or Saturday, but some of the uh, some of the dogs that I'm looking at is Georgia Tech plus three at home against Pitt. I'm looking at Charlotte plus 11 at Illinois. Arkansas plus 18 and a half at Georgia. Uh, Wisconsin is not an underdog, but I do like them at minus one here. Um, so far in Notre Dame, I already have Syracuse plus five at Florida State. Those are some of the underdogs that I'm considering. I haven't finalized anything. I like to write everything down, my exact reasoning for why I think this game is going to work out the way I think it does. And if I have strong uh, conviction in it, then it's something that I'll fire on. And if I reread what I write and I'm like, well, that's not really a strong case, then I typically tend to lay off. So, Pam, let's jump to one of the games you mentioned there, because I actually thought the other side of it. So I'm interested in your perspective and why you think Wisconsin here. So Michigan, right now they're about a point and a half underdog in Wisconsin. And I just look at the two teams, like Wisconsin coming off the bad loss to Notre Dame. Michigan didn't impress against Rutgers. It wasn't like they blew the doors off him. But I don't think Rutgers is, is awful. So I, that didn't strike me as like, oh, that they should have won that game by 60. What do you make of this game? Obviously, a good start for Michigan. Not a good start at 1-2 and two for Wisconsin. Why are you on the Wisconsin side? in a game that's, you know, virtually a point, point and a half um, line. 
I don't like Wisconsin. So the fact that I like him this week is just is pretty telling. I think Wisconsin, they struggled against Notre Dame because one, Notre Dame is a passing team and they have a great takeaway defense. And that definitely came to fruition last week uh, in that matchup because he had uh, Wisconsin and Mertz had four interceptions. Wisconsin is supposed to be a run first team who in that matchup decided to throw four interceptions, 24 points scored from the Notre Dame defense. Wisconsin, only if they get back, this is why I maybe don't want to play this game because I need to know that they're going to go back to the run game. And if they do, then Wisconsin, they are second worst in giveaways. Seven of the nine have come from thrown interceptions. Stop with the passing and stick to what you know, and that's on the ground. But fortunate for Wisconsin, if they do happen to want to pass it from time to time, then Michigan, uh, they're not a good takeaway team. They have just one interception through four games. And Wisconsin, they've played Penn State and Notre Dame. Those are two really good defensive teams. Michigan is not necessarily that. They've played two MAC teams in Rutgers and Washington, who is coming off uh, two MAC teams plus Rutgers and Washington, who is coming off in a season opener loss to an FCS school. So I think it's just been a really good schedule for them as of late. And Wisconsin, get back to that ground game, and you're going to come out easily with a double-digit win. This is BetQL Daily. Our guest is Pamela Maldonado at PamelaM35 on Twitter, Yahoo Sports, and she hosts the Stack of Stats podcast. When you were uh, running through those underdogs, Pamela, you mentioned that you like Arkansas getting all those points, 18 and a half right now uh, over at FanDuel. Why do you like uh, the Razorbacks against Georgia? Arkansas, they're a run-first team. They're 72nd in passing, and they're 8th in rushing. And Georgia is supposed to be ninth best in rushing defense. But they played Clemson, who was 113th, and we know that they're not the same Clemson team that we're used to seeing. They played UAB, South Carolina, and Van- Vanderbilt. That's three teams that are outside of the top 100 <laughs> that are yeah, 100th or worse in rushing offense. So I'm not yet convinced that this Georgia defense is as good as they're supposed to be. Typically, they always do have a good defense, so you can assume that. But Georgia, they're 26 in total offense. They are a little bit balanced here. They're 32nd in the past. They're 42nd in rushing. But the Arkansas, they had 333 rushing yards against Texas, who is 16th best right now um, with total offense. So if you can tell me that Arkansas is going to have that similar type of game where they're going to ground and pound 300 250-plus rushing yards. I think 18-and-a-half is too much considering the type of game scheme that they're going to be running. And defensively, I mean, they're really, they've are really they been a really good defense. They're sec- they had two fumbles, missed field goal. Georgia Southern, um, and they played Georgia Southern and A&M. So, I mean, they're not... 18-and-a-half the- is a lot for a run team who can control the ball and has a potential, as we've seen, to have 300-plus rushing yards. That's a lot of points to separate you two if you're going to have if you're going to control the time of possession. Pam Penn State up to number 4 in the rankings right now. They're hosting Indiana 13 and a half point favorites. How good is this Penn State team? Is this a matter of early season they got wins and other teams don't yet and it's kind of like they're not really the fourth best team. They're just kind of sitting there right now. Do you think this Penn State team is for real full season to kind of be a, a top 5-ish kind of team all year long? Um, I'm going to go with no. Earlier, I did have a prediction that if there was a Big Ten team to win that wasn't Ohio State, then that would be Penn. But I'm not yet convinced anymore because similar to Oklahoma, they're barely squeaking by with their wins. They beat Wisconsin by six points. They beat comfortably Ball State, but that's a MAC team. And then Auburn, they won by eight. Show me that you can kind of control this team and have a dominant win. 
and then I'm going to start considering you a solid contender for the Big Ten or for something better. You're going to get a test in that. You have a big matchup here with Indiana, with Iowa, and then you're going to face Ohio State come uh, late October. So the competition here is only going to get a little bit stronger, and I'd like to see them have a little bit more strength shown because they haven't seen it as of yet. Pam, for the Heisman, uh, the odds everywhere suggest that it's a two-player race that's between Matt Corral and Bryce Young, even though the season is still so young. Uh, do you agree with that opinion by the sports books? I do because, unfortunately, this year there's just not any team or even any player. There's not any team that separates themselves from uh, – that's a clear definitive. This is a strong, solid contender for the playoffs, strong, solid contender to win the Natty. And a similar goes for the Heisman. There's just not any remarkable players that are, like, popping off the pages here. So I think it's – I don't want to be that – I don't want to be the hater over here, but it's kind of by default that you have these two players as the Heisman contenders because who else do we have? Um, there was one player, Anthony Richardson, who was the backup quarterback for Florida, and I think he had the potential to really do something uh, outstanding. If you look at his stats, remarkable, but he's injured, and we are, we haven't seen him yet, and he is still just a backup. Outside of that, Sam Howell, I love Sam Howell, but that defense stinks. And if, when he goes on the road, he's not really particularly good compared to when he's at home. So I think just by process of elimination, you got Bryce Young and Matt Corral, who are two great quarterbacks. They're doing well, but they're, I, do they wow you like a Joe Burrow? Do they wow you like a Deshaun Watson? Like, no. They don't. There's, there's just not. You don't have that level of excitement from these players this year. And this week could potentially be the decider of who gets it. <laughs> Yeah, that is true. Pam, we appreciate you hopping on. Always great talking to college football with Pam Maldonado. That was Pam on the Roma Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation for ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort of privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BetQL now to get $15 off your first one. That's Roman.com slash BetQL. We'll line them up. Excuse me. We will have our lightning bets for the day <laughs> on the other side. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth, BetQL Daily presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily. Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.